Yeah, I watched uh, the speech Figurehead gave, and I saw a lot of the responses from uh, Bill Gates and, and Fauci, and they just think they're the most clever bosses and the most scheming schemers, and the world's never seen anything like them before, but there is one greater. <laughs> he's seen all of this, and he's told us about it, and he's never broken his word. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are... The time, service God has decided we shall live. Today, this afternoon, I get all the uh, packing out of my sinuses. I cannot wait. Guys, yesterday, I was walking. Uh, the, no, I was working outside. And I, I'm, I'm being careful. I'm not supposed to lift things. Or, very frustrating. But I was able to inhale air into my right nostril. And it went all the way up into my sinus. I could not, and it was cold. I haven't had that experience in years. I watched uh, the speech last night that the figurehead gave. And I woke up this morning and I have food in, in my kitchen. And I saw the utter impotent corruption of the so-called White House media, Beltway media. Their first question was, does not having enough testing, is that the big failure? Uh, Mr. Mister Joe Biden, is that the big failure? As if testing is going to solve anything, and it won't. It's, it's all been used in the swindle. And this morning, the heat was on in my house. And I've seen now the follow-on. I don't see a single, not one, not even Fox, pointing out the central lie that Biden told last night, that these injections have any possibility of doing anything to stop this, this flu. They don't. And that's the central lie. I haven't seen a single mainstream media entity call that out. And this morning, I, 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 I went to a meds group headed up by my pastor, and I ran into a friend I haven't seen. Uh, I think last time I saw him was sophomore year at a wrestling tournament in Montana. And he and I reconnected. And I'm really glad we did. And I'm just so grateful that the heat's on and I have access to water and my mom's on the way up from where she uh, she, she winters. And I'm not going to let him take that stuff from me. I'm not going to let him take my gratitude to God the creator for creating everything that we need, including our immune systems. Well, and then also, more importantly to this, including the, the fact that, that God has described people like this from day one. The Psalms in the Bible are filled with prayers about people like this, like the figurehead and the people who run the figurehead. But I'll tell you one thing, and this is, I've been saying this for two years, they're not going to stop. They're not going to give up. They're going to amp this up, and, and their goal is to get every single person to take the knee to the party. 
It has nothing to do with healthcare. I, I'm going to say that until the day the Lord calls me home. This has nothing to do with healthcare. That's been negated. But they're going to keep pushing. Now you see Lori Lightfoot, the so-called mayor of Chicago. Her focus, even though there's, you know, what, 60-some shootings every weekend in Chicago and 8 to 10 deaths of young people in Chicago. And she says it's the business owner's fault, that the business owners are not doing enough to fight to fight these smash and grab robberies and the neighborhoods aren't doing enough and everybody's doing, she's the only one doing anything. Her focus now is you can't go out and, and involve yourself in life unless you've been ejected or can prove you've been ejected. So they're amping that up. And they're not going to stop. And on a temporal basis, it stops when people stop obeying. And I've been saying that now for two years. And several people in radio warned me about that. You cannot go around pushing back against the public health authorities. And I said, no, these are government. I'm a conservative radio host. I push back against government when it's, when it's required. And it is. Now, the other part of this is the Lord is going to bring these people for, to justice. I firmly believe for what they continue to do. I firmly believe God Almighty is going to bring them to justice. It's not going to be a fun day for them. Which is why I'm not going to become the anger. And I'm not going to forget to begin each day on my knees with with thankfulness and gratitude. Sometimes I do forget. So I guess I shouldn't say I'm not going to. I'm going to make every effort to, upon opening my eyes, thank the Lord for what we have. Because we've got so much that they can't take. They simply can't take it. What's so frightening to me about watching people take the knee to the party is people are surrendering something that really, that, that can only be surrendered. Your conscience cannot be stolen. It can be surrendered. It can be tortured out of you. I mean, people can be put through mind control and people have in this great PSYOP. And, and, and the PSYOP. This is from Twitter yesterday. Bill Gates trending. In a series of tweets, Microsoft co-founder Bill Gates shares his thoughts on the current state of the COVID-19 pandemic, saying we could be entering the worst part of the pandemic. That's a lie. He's a liar. Bill Gates, you lie. You are a lying man. <laughs> In South Africa, they've stopped contact tracing. They've stopped everything with, with, with this so-called variant. That's what did Michael Yurden say? It's 3% difference. It's not a new virus. They're saying this is a cold. It's a cold. This is how these things go. They become cold. Bill Gates knows enough now about infectious diseases to know that this is not going to be the worst phase of this or anything like it. So he lies at the same time as the people who run Biden cause him to go out and say things like this. How concerned should you be about Omicron, which is now the dominant variant in this country and it happened so quickly? The answer is straightforward. If you're not fully vaccinated, you have good reason to be concerned. You're at a high risk of getting sick. And if you get sick, you're likely to spread it to others, including friends and family. And the unvaccinated have a significantly higher risk of ending up in a hospital or even dying. Almost everyone who has died from COVID-19 in the past many months has been unvaccinated. Unvaccinated. All right, well, we can go straight through that if you like. Um, no, long ago in, in states like Massachusetts, which led the way in getting people injected long ago, 
we ended up with five out of 10, then six out of 10, then seven out of 10 people in the hospitals have been injected with the mRNA, ANA, DNA garbage. We can go through that. We can go through the UK numbers again. Nine out of 10 people who died from or with COVID had been injected. The UK is far ahead of us in terms of the percentage of people being injected. We could go to the far more tragic number, which is consistent across societies, that mass injection countries have seen an increase, a dramatic increase in all-cause mortality. The one that stands out most is Sweden, because Sweden didn't play the lockdown game. They didn't play the mass game. They got conned into their politicians, not their, not their chief epidemiologist who ran their response. He never got conned. But the politicians got conned or they got bought. And yeah, no, I do mean bought. I don't know that to be the case and I don't want to provide false witness. So I'm saying it's my supposition that the evidence is nothing. None of this is about health care. Not everybody can be this stupid or this foolish. Not all world leaders can be this stupid or foolish. And by the way, stupid or foolish in all the same way. Notice that they're all stupid and foolish in the same direction. Let's keep doing what didn't work and triple down on what doesn't work. And that way, eventually, if we triple, quadruple down on things that don't work, then it will work. So in Sweden, when they got the injection, they got called to put in the injections. They saw their all-cause mortality go up. I think it's 20% with the conditions one would expect when you're shooting this garbage into people's veins. You get the Boston mayor. And this is a sign of hope because I'm grateful. I'm grateful that God has not seen fit to allow the tech titans that want to be gods to shut down all of our access to free information. They're trying to constrain it. They're trying to shame it. And what they're successfully doing is creating a bifurcated society where some of us know what's going on and some don't. And that's crazy making for those of us who know what's going on if we're going to allow it to make us crazy. I'm not going to. I'm going to be thankful that I don't, I'm not getting drawn into this. I'm going to be thankful that the, the, the Lord has protected me from that. This is a sign of hope, though, because the, the new mayor of Boston, Michelle, uh, Michelle Wu, who speaks, look, I, I really struggle with not mocking. I am assessing her manner of speech. She speaks like a 14-year-old girl would speak. With lots of ums and you guys and stuff like that. Stuff like that. She got heckled while she announced brand new COVID restrictions. I want to start with one question that I've gotten several times already, which is why phase this in starting with just one dose instead of starting with two doses right up front. Um, this is to ensure the goal of this policy is to ensure that we are safe and this is to increase vaccination rates. And so we need to give time for members of the public and for staff and the workforce at these businesses who will also be um, asked to show proof of vaccination to get vaccinated, to keep coming to work. And I am so thankful that 60 million people have refused to take the knee or to allow their kids to take the knee. I'm so thankful that God has not blinded so many of us. I'm so thankful that for people who have taken the knee and now regret it, you you have the opportunity to not take the knee to the booster scheme. I'm so thankful that I could, I could open my Bible 
and go to Psalm 58 and see a description of this in a prayer that is a calling for justice against people like this, bullies, thieves, people who use power to oppress in this regard, people who are denying the existence of God's creations. They don't deny that there's human beings, but they deny the existence of an immune system. They deny it. And the media helps them with this. Every time the media plays the binary scenario of so-called vaccinated versus unvaccinated, they're playing the game. Because the game is bunk. The game is who has antibodies and who doesn't. The bigger game is Who's likely to die and who's not? The bigger game than that is who's getting killed by these injections who wouldn't have died from COVID because there's a bunch of them. And the number might, in fact, be up to 400,000. Now, that statistical modeling is based upon the fact that the VARES database is passive, that, that many doctors will not put stuff into the VARES database, which tracks injuries from these injections. They will not do it. It's official policy in many hospitals to not do it. It's official policy, and it's almost across the board. People get injected. They go home. They get insane chest pain. They're having trouble breathing. They're getting, now, they get neurological issues. I'm confused. I've got brain fog. I can't breathe. They go to the emergency room, and doctors will say, well, it can't be from the the so-called vaccines. What do you mean? That's the only thing that's changing my life. Nope, can't be from that. Got to be from something else. Cannot be from that. I will not say it's from that. Guys, that's a blinding. That is God allowing people to be blinded. It's people allowing themselves to be blinded. It's people operating out of fear. Bible says 365 times in, in one form or another, thou shalt not, you know, do not fear. Let not thy heart be troubled. As Hannity says, likes to repeat. People who don't have that standing, that grounding to understand you don't need to fear. God God is seen this coming. And if we will just simply now begin to act in a godly way, we can have all sorts of courage to not to not take the need of this stuff, to continue to resist this stuff. And I do think it's one of the same. I really do. I mentioned Lori Lightfoot, this so-called mayor of Chicago, who's utterly failed in every regard except for the fact that she's not failing in anything. Her, her, her city's being crushed And the cities are being crushed. It's not a passive thing. It's not accidental. It's not happenstantial. It is the design to crush the cities. The economic drivers of the urban economy are the cities. Crush those. Have people believe that capitalism is failing. Have people believe that the American way is failing. It's the same stinking thing that they did with the COVID in my judgment. Well, sorry, I can't help you. Go home and get sicker when your oxygen levels drop to 80%. Come in and we'll stick a tube in your throat, down into your lungs, and we'll shove remdesivir into your body. That may kill you, but maybe not. What do we have with our cities for the past 30 years? Wow, crime is at an increase. Gang level, the gang violence is at these insane highs. Now we've got the cartels setting up sex trafficking shops in our cities. We need to do something. No, let's let the patient get sicker. And let's shove defund down the patient's throat and let's let's let the patient get sicker. And don't think that the Democrats who are now suddenly saying maybe defund was a bad idea. That's not what they mean. They mean maybe we need to act like that until the next election cycle. 
Because thank the Lord, there are people who are figuring this out, that the scales have been knocked from people's eyes. What's, you want some scales knocked? There's this guy who used to be the biggest COVID catastrophist. The biggest proponent of lockdowns. The, he, he, this guy used to go after the Great Barrington Declaration. And the tens of thousands of epidemiologists and immunologists and science and science uh, scientists and, and MDs who signed on to say stop these lockdowns. This one size fits none approach is killing people. It's more deadly than the virus. Stop it. Protect the elderly, the only people at statistical risk from this virus. So this guy was he was he was all about. This stuff is Captain Trips. He's all about, well, natural immunity. What's that? He's all about that. Suddenly, he's changed his mind. All of a sudden, this guy has a brand new point of view. He's changed his mind. His name, his name is Tony Fauci. Well, that's, that's all very helpful. Can I break some of it down? Omicron seems to be in the upper nasal passages, not as much in the lungs. Is that possibly why we at least think, potentially from the South Africa data, at least initial data, that it is less lethal, less severe? Yeah, that's a great question, Andrea. It is likely that the reason that it is less severe is that in South Africa, what you have is a very large proportion of the population has already been infected and recovered and a relatively smaller proportion have been vaccinated. So it is likely that the protection against infection is not very good because it'll get into the nasopharynx and infect you. The reason they may have a less severe is that the underlying cross protection that you have from an experience of a virus of a different variant might actually be protecting you from severe disease, which predominantly involves the lungs. This, this guy is so good. Well, it's not good at he he is a lie. God is truth. Fauci is a lie. He is a walking lie. Even when he gets cornered, and he he and this this dude caught himself. He accidentally told the truth. It's called a Kinsey, uh, a Kinsey gaffe. Michael Kinsley started Slate Magazine. He's a very nice man, by the way. My, Michael Kinsley invented the phrase, the Kinsey graph when it, uh, gaffe, when a politician accidentally tells the truth. So break this down, Fauci. Well, no, I mean, the reason that people in South Africa are not getting sick with this is because they have natural immunity. Uh, and then he thinks. Uh, but that's not very good because you can see because the stuff gets in people's nose, uh, it doesn't stop infection, but they don't get as sick. Guys, let's think through this. If you walk through a grocery store this time of year, how many people have the flu? Well, let's say it's three out of 10. How many people have got lingering pneumonia? One out of 10. How many people have a cold? One out of 10. So you're walking through a grocery store, five out of 10 people have that. That stuff lingers in the air for a little while. It gets on you. It gets in your nose. Okay. 
your body recognizes this stuff and says, hey, you know what? Don't let this infect the body. Stop it there. That's not an infection. That's stuff getting on you. That's stuff getting in your nose. This is this is such a slick lie. And to answer Andrea Mitchell's question from MSNBC, no, th- she says this stuff is in, in the top of the nasal passages, but not in the lungs. Is that why? No, no, Andrea, it doesn't. It, th- the virus doesn't replicate because the body's able to fight it off immediately, so it doesn't reach viral critical mass. This is very similar to at what point are you dirty? We walk around, and I hate to break this to you, but you walk, you you are sitting in fecal matter right now. It's in the air. It's what, one part per 10 million or something right now? Far more of it near the bathroom? At what point are you infected with fecal matter? At what point do you end up with cholera or something like that? And he's just such a slick liar. But there he is admitting natural immunity. Notice that that didn't come up yesterday. With the impotent and corrupt White House press corps who wants to play the vaccinated versus unvaccinated game. Now, I have to admit, with all due respect to him, and he's enormously successful and a lot of people love him, I have never seen Jesse Waters speak. I've seen his tweets, and I know a bit about him, and again, he's enormously successful. So he said that... that People need to go ambush Fauci and offer a rhetorical kill shot. And he's talking about questioning. And I'm sure that Jesse Waters used that language on purpose. He's a smart man. He knows. I, I, I trust that Jesse Waters knows exactly what he's doing. That he's being provocative because he's going to get things like this. I, and I think that's what he does. I think he's extremely good at it. You know who else was? Rush. God rest him. The caller abortion. That caused a lot of people to go, who is this guy that would do that? I'm not comparing Jesse to Rush, by the way. He's got a long way to go, if ever, to get there. But Fauci had a response to this. Uh, on the subject of divisiveness, Dr. Fauci, I'm not going to play it because, it, frankly, I think it's dangerous. But, but Jesse Waters, who was a Fox News entertainer, was giving a speech to a conservative group where he talked about you and suggested to the crowd that they ambush you with what he said was some kind of rhetorical kill shot. That was his exact word. I'm wondering you know, how much that concerns you when you hear language like that about you and your, your well-being. Well, John, that's horrible. I mean, that just is such a reflection of the craziness that goes on in society. The only thing that I have ever done throughout these two years is to encourage people to practice good public health practices, to get vaccinated, to be careful in public settings, to wear a mask. And for that, You have some guy out there saying that people should be giving me a kill shot to ambush me. I mean, what kind of craziness is there in society these days? That's awful that he said that. And he's going to go very likely unaccountable. (laughs) I mean, whatever network he's on is not going to do anything for him. I mean, that's crazy. The guy should be fired on the spot. So what kind of world are we living in? Fouch. And he should be fired on the spot for things he said. Fouch. Is that right? Jesse Waters hasn't gotten a couple hundred thousand people killed. That's you. You can write to us at the Todd Herman Show.com.
So the Fouch asked, what sort of world are we living in? Well, I don't live in your world, Tony. Uh, I live in the world created by God Almighty. And he is my Lord. And I, I live in a world where his body works really well with these flus that you created at the Wuhan lab with, in all likelihood. That you used my money and my listeners' money to create at the Wuhan lab in conjunction with the Chinese Communist Party who has made an internal pledge to be the world's experts at biological warfare, Tony. So I don't live in your world. You, you've constructed your own world and you live right in there and there's a lot of people who live there under you. But Tony, you want to see a, and you know where Jesse Waters works. He's in your briefing books. You know he works at Fox. Let me get it. Well, if, if it's not in your briefing book, then, then, <laughs> then, then you should fire your briefer. So maybe you don't know. Maybe they're just that, that's the level of arrogance. If I were to go through and count the lies again, again, well, what sort of world are we living in where th- this guy who's who who's calling the media in the calling of the world's leading expert on infectious diseases can at the drop of a hat simply change the way deaths accounted and then uh, whamma dango, bama bango, thank you, mammo. Now COVID looks uh, 40% more deadly. What sort of world are we living in when one guy can make that happen? Your world. I don't live in your world. God did not erase our immune systems. He didn't make lying okay. God didn't come along and add an asterisk and say, thou shalt not lie, asterisk, unless you decide that there is a public health epidemic, then you can lie. What sort of world uh, do we live in where you could say that someone had a case of COVID and died from it when they were never tested, but lived in a neighborhood where a lot of people made phone calls to public health authorities saying that they had a temperature and had lost their taste, the sense of taste. What sort of world do we live in? Indeed, the world you constructed, Tony, the world in which I don't live. The world in which I will not cede my thinking to you. I will start by consulting the word of God. I will start prayerfully when I remember to do that, which is more and more often, thank the Lord. What sort of world do we live in where someone can say a thing on stage um, designed to get attention and then get it and not be fired? You are not in style magazine. At the same time as you were saying you were too busy to engage in any form of public debate about this stuff, you arranged a photo shoot with InStyle Magazine where you sat next to probably your pool with sunglasses on your mug. You went on BuzzFeed with people who sang a greeting song to you. Dr. Fauci, give us some masks. Make all the pandemic go up What sort of world? Tony. In my world, my savior said to the leper, come come to me. And let me heal you. Well, and more to the point, Tony. <laughs> you may think, and I'm, I'm saying you live in a different world from me, but brother, you don't live under a different God. You may think you do. 
I'm not exactly sure who you think you serve. No, I mean that. I, I don't know who Tony Fauci thinks he serves. I mean, I know that he knows where the toast is buttered, to use the cliche. I know he knows that the FDA gets most of its funding through pharma. I know that he knows that the CDC is a pharma company. I know that he's deeply conflicted because he knows having government scientists be able to get a spiff out of the patents that they allow through their corrupt system is a corrupt system being more corrupt than it's structurally corrupt. I know he knows that. I know he knows he paid for gain-of-function research. I know he knows that he violated the law to do that. I know he knows he's working with some very people willing to do deeply evil things like, in my judgment, Ralph Barrick and Peter Daszak and Bill Gates and the Chinese Communist Party. I know he knows that. I simply don't know who he thinks he serves. Do you? Well, I serve the American people by lying to them. It's for their own good. Psalm 58. For people who have been raised on the soft soap Christianity that that Jesus only, only, what about loving everybody? And look, God is love. In him, there's no darkness at all. If we claim we walk with him, but we walk in darkness, then we're deceiving ourselves. The truth is not with us. But for the people who were raised on that, just Jesus just walks around, oh, I love you, and, and, and everything you do is good because I love you, and you know whatever you want to do is fine because I love you, and that's, that's what love means. It means I'll, I'll back you in whatever you want to do. And, and no, there's no real evil. And Well, Jesus grew up, memorized the texts I'm about to read to you. There's a great book called The Bible Jesus Read. And for people who aren't yet fully immersed in the word, I'm, I'm, I'm not fully immersed. I'm trying to get there. <laughs> Listen to this the, from, from Psalms 58. I read a translation of this that, that took one of the words uh, <clears throat> that t- talks about rulers, that it, it made it politicians. It's one of those books that really, really updates the Bible into sort of modern speak. And, and I, I'm not... I'm not scholarly enough to know if it's that accurate, so I'm not reading. I'm going to read just this out of the uh, the New International Version, and I've got my trusty Oxford annotator right here. But listen to this. Listen to this from all these years ago. This is to pre-Christ time by a long shot. Do you rulers indeed speak justly? Do you judge people with equity? No, in your heart you devise injustice. In your hands meet out violence on the earth. From birth the wicked go astray. From the womb they are wayward, spreading lies. Their venom is like the venom of a snake, like that of a cobra that has stopped its ears, that will not heed the tune of the charmer, however skillful the enchanter may be. Break the teeth in their mouths, O Lord. Probably, O God. Lord, tear out the fangs of these lions. Let them vanish like water that flows away. When they draw the bow, let their arrows fall short. May they be the slug that melts away as it moves along, like a stillborn child that never sees the sun. Before your pots can feel the heat of the thorns, whether they be green or dry, the wicked will be swept away. The righteous will be glad when they're avenged, when they dip their feet in the blood of the wicked. Then the people will say, surely the righteous still are are rewarded. Surely there's a God who judges the earth. Now, before we get too jazzed, None are righteous. None of us. 
but through the grace of God. But not all of us are evil. We have a sin problem. All of us. This particular passage is describing a particular group of people from a particular time in history. Where are we? (laughs) See, this is the thing that I said in the tease to the podcast today. Oh, they think they're the most clever. The greatest schemers ever to scheme. The ones who aren't going to get caught. The ones who are going to, in fact, seize the earth. Well, maybe they will. But we'll inherit it. Maybe they'll get the land. But we'll have our souls. I don't think they're going to win. Temporarily or otherwise. I think that there is a ticking temporal bomb. And this is my this is pure supposition based upon the evidence. These injections are the deadliest thing ever put in mass in people. They're going to lead to long-term harm that are catastrophic and they're doing everything they possibly can to prepare people and to cloud the waters. I saw an ad the other day to pregnant women. Know the signs of blood clots. Certainly that can happen in pregnancy, but it's not something we've ever run ads for. Kids get heart attacks too. How to know the signs? No, they don't. Kids have strokes as well. No, they don't. Is climate change the reason all sorts of elite athletes are collapsing on the fields? No, it's not. Cold weather may cause more heart attacks and and, uh, myocarditis and pericarditis. No, it won't. You get heart attacks in snow shoveling. I remember this ridiculous piece. Myocarditis and pericarditis aren't that bad for you. In fact, some doctors don't even, some doctors argue that it's not even a medical condition. No, they don't. Not until this year. I saw a piece the other day. Why, why breathing the air in your mask might actually spike your immune system and help you because wet air is good for you. No, it's not. And it's never been the case that breathing warm, dark air is good for you. That's why people have their houses checked for mold. There's a ticking time bomb. Pfizer figured this out in my judgment. We've got to get rid of the uh, the the control group. We cannot have the control group. The, we're seeing we are already lying about the number of people who've died from these injections. Uh, we are hiding it by a factor of uh, some uh, some three hundred percent. This is going to come out. That Berenson guy is going to figure this out, and then Herman will air it, and then it will be out, and then Tucker Carlson will report it, and now it's really out. So we've got to just give everybody these, give everybody the drug, go to the control group and tell them they will die if they do not get the, the, the drug. And they did. And the control group is gone. It's gone. It doesn't exist. There's no control group. There's no experiment. There's no control group. There's no proof that those of us who haven't been injected do not See the increase in heart attacks and strokes and thrombosis and cancers. 
that were predicted because of the structure of this garbage. Do you rulers speak justly? Well, sometimes, uh, as you know, God, it's, it's, you have to lie to the people. Nope. Do you do you judge people with equity? Well, not the unvaccinated because, well, I'll let the president explain. Get vaccinated, you jerk-blooded uh, donkey people things. Well, you know the thing. Know in your hearts you, desire, you devise injustice and your hands meet out violence on the earth. Well, I wouldn't say it's violent uh, to blackmail people into getting their kids injected with something that's far more likely to make them watch their child have a series of seizures during a a heart attack episode and then uh, lose neurological function and go from a perfectly functioning 14-year-old girl to someone who needs a breathing tube and has had their intellect reduced to the level of a six-year-old. That's not violent. I woke up this morning and there was food in the fridge. And the water from our well worked. There was gas in my truck. It snowed, but I'm not allowed the snow shovel right now. Doctor's orders. My wife did it. That's embarrassing for me. My daughter's boyfriend did it the other day. That was gratifying for me. The house was warm. Our dogs were alive. The cats hadn't been eaten yet by a mountain lion. God forbid that happened. The men in my Baba group were open. My discipleship group open and sharing and, and vulnerable and strong. They have men with chests. This morning. To my deep gratitude. <laughs> the Bible is history. In addition to that, It's the recording of reckonings. There's not just a temporal time bomb ticking. I do not get to decide what is in the heart of God. I can discern the work I believe he's doing around me. I can read his word. I can read this psalm. People through time have called out for help from above against unjust rulers. And Joe Biden and the people who run him more specifically are rulers. Jay Inslee, the separate country of Washington, is a ruler. He is, in my judgment, entirely corrupt and getting people killed. And oh, there's going to be a reckoning. God's going to handle their part. Let's handle ours. Maybe today's a day for gratitude. You know what? Let's make it a day for gratitude. <laughs> Drive the party nuts. I have such gratitude that God has not allowed the party to blind us. Such gratitude. Also really feel a lot of gratitude for my friend Dave the Digital. He is at Green Haven interactive.com when we started this adventure google was not respecting the new site the toddhermanshow.com it was like on the third fourth page of google search returns today it's page one 
And the other day I checked, it was one link below the old KTTH site. Dave the Digital could do things like that for your business as well in an industry that is just dominated uh, by leftists. Dave is a conservative man in an industry that's, that's dominated by leftists who believe their own gods. Dave is a man of the Lord. And you can reach him at greenhaveninteractive.com. He can help your business be found. Once it's found, he can make sure that you're being found by buyers, not just Taya Kikis. Nothing wrong with Taya Kikis. I first heard that when I was selling uh, when I was selling uh, hot tubs. And my guy, my sales manager, my, my, my brother, Seth, tried to teach me the difference between buyers and tire kickers. And he, he showed me all the signs and, and I said, hey, what if I just went up to someone and said, so you're kicking tires today? You're thinking about buying. That's not going to work. <laughs> Don't ever tell the truth to a buyer. Don't ever let them think you're prospecting. Sorry, everyone sounds like Tony Fauci to me today. Let's go to notes from listeners. You can write to us at the ToddHermanShow.com. Oh, and speaking of that, by the way, please go there and get on our email list. You never know when big tech's going to come and say, that's it. You can't talk on Spotify anymore because you said the word of God. That reading Psalm 58, that might be the thing that gets us kicked off of Apple Podcasts or off of Spotify or off of iHeart. Please get on our email list so we can always get in touch with you. Lisa in the Carolinas. Hi, Todd. I'm not going to do that. I've so, you know what? If you have an accent, could you just record your notes to me? We'll air them. I really want to do that. Lisa in the Carolinas. Hi, Todd. I love the new podcast. I'm writing in response to the email from Linda, who feels faith is being force fed. I'm glad you're open to what listeners say, but you must read Galatians 1.10. For I am now seeking, for, for am I now seeking the approval of man or God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Sometimes people are critical of the messenger when they don't like the message. Please be obedient to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. We all need to please the audience of one. Keep hanging on. Thank keep oh keep on keeping on. Thank you, Lynn. Uh, yeah, thank you, uh, Lisa. I appreciate that. And Lisa, all, all, all I'm saying is, you know what? We're trying to build a tent around the the word of of, of Christ in the Word of God with politics at the edge. So people who've been listening to me strictly politically, I, I truly hope that they feel drawn to God. And that has happened through the podcast. And part of me, I obviously am not going to slow down speaking of the word of God. In fact, today I read, you know, this this is the, the most Bible verse I've ever read uh, on the new program. But I do want to be welcoming, right? I, I do want to be a place where people understand, look, we are all at our own pace because gosh knows, my, my journey to becoming a Jesus needer do you know how many stages it went through? I mean, it's a long way from, yeah, I believe God exists, to read me some Bible, to uh, attended me some church, to gave me some money at the church, to I can't do anything without you. That's a long journey, at least it was for me. California Highway Cop. Glad, hey Todd, glad to hear your nasal procedure went well. Prayers work and I'll continue to pray for you. I wanted to share with you that it finally happened. <laughs> My wife and kids and the family were dog. We're driving a pre-Christmas celebration with my wife's family. My wife got a text from her cousin who would be joining us with the family. The cousin texted, I uh, assume everyone uh, is uh, vaccinated and boosted. Just checking. My wife, without missing a beat, replied that none of us were and that we'd be happy to bow out. My wife suggested we pull over because maybe we'd have to turn around and head back. 
I told my wife I wasn't going to pull over. We were in Stockton, California. And if you know, you know. I know. As it turns out, my wife's family was a mix of no vax, one shot, two shots. No one is boosted. So the extended family promptly canceled. We had a great celebration in the immediate fam- uh, with the immediate family, but I couldn't help but think that this was a glimpse of the future. My wife and I took it upon ourselves to talk to our sons and let them know the road ahead may be tough. But there's honor in holding strong and doing what's right. Since we were headed to the Bay Area, upon arriving, I heard multiple stories like this. A good friend's sister who lives in Seattle canceled her trip to visit our friend because our friend won't take the, uh, the injections and won't take a test to satisfy her sister's phobia. We had my sister-in-laws from her husband's side also cancel because they were going to be, um, please don't say vaxxed. Please, I beg you. I beg you don't use that word. They were going to be uninjected present. I so wish they would have come because after listening to you for a better part of a year, I was armed with factual information, prepared to share it in a calm and compassionate way, maybe next time. Thank you for continually sticking with what the defining issue of this time is. Looking forward to joining you in the high mountains of free America very soon. So he's going to be um, put through the testing thing. and the, They're going to try to force him into the shots. California Highway Cop, God be with you. Thank you for standing up. And you know what? God invented the family. What is the party trying to tear apart in every possible capacity? The family. In everything they do, they're attacking the family. Think about that. If it's not a spiritual war, why are they attacking the family? Yeah, it's to take the country down. But you think they just, do you think that if the party took down the United States, they'd go, okay, now we can stop? No. They would continue. Note from David, dear Todd, I have a ton of stuff to share with you, but I know it gets tedious for a guy in your position. No, it doesn't get tedious. It really doesn't. It's just that I, I, I am blessed with so many emails. It's hard for me to respond to them all, but it, it will never get tedious hearing from you guys. God forbid. I found you by being a Michael Medved fan. I found, fan, found KTTH on TuneIn Radio because they had Rush Limbaugh into the Medved show. You were a blessed surprise. I'm going to abbreviate this as much as possible. I'm a pastor in the Christian churches, churches of Christ. I lived in Wyoming when I discovered you. We now live in Nebraska, Cozid, Nebraska. Todd, I strongly suspected you attended real life in Pulse Falls before you ever had Jim Putnam on your show. Once you told on air about an encounter with an older gentleman in one church one Sunday, I pictured you in that building. The things you've said over the years resonated with me powerfully. I'm a 57-year-old fanboy. I'm bugging all my like-minded friends to subscribe to your podcast. My wife and I love listening to you on Rush's program. I feel a familiar connection to you, brother, and I rejoice in your courage, conviction, wisdom, faith, insights, and most essentially, your submission to the Lord. Stay the course, my friend. If I can ever do anything for you, please let me know. I just wanted you to know these things. I attend a conference every year in Boise, the Boise Bible College, and he goes on to say this is um, my pastor's alma mater. And man, you've got a lot. been through Newport, Seattle, McCall. Uh, we've got all sorts of things connection. Hang in there, brother. Love and prayers, David. Hey, you know what, David? You and I have so many crossover points in our life. And there's one thing I've learned about radio since I had the opportunity particularly to fill in for Rush on that massive, massive, biggest radio audience in history. Uh, and God, God, thank Rush for that. God rest him and take the EIB team. One thing I learned is about the continuity of human experience. 
Aside from the truly arrogant and the people who follow the party, there is a continuity of human experience. And there's also this, that the Lord put some things into us like the affection for music and the affection for story. Think of the Bible. The Bible is stories. They're true stories in their stories. And some of them are the, the, the Hebrew people retelling their, their view of what happened with God. Inspired, I believe, completely by the Holy Spirit. Think of Jesus and how he spoke through story. He told story after story. He was the story. In the book of Psalms, we've lost the music, but those things were put to music, particularly that of the work of King David, were put to music. We can kind of go through and reconstruct what we think it might have sounded like, but we can't really, because there's no recordings. Well, we're here in heaven, but there's a commonality of human experience, which leads me into today's music review. I'm not, I, I may not get a second hour done today. I'm going to try, but I get my sinuses unpacked this afternoon which means I can be back to two hours of the podcast, two podcasts every day. There's a new wave in my just, it's a bad phrase. There's a new form of, of worship music. Sometimes it doesn't mention the name Jesus. And sometimes it doesn't mention the name of God. And that really bothers some people. In fact, it bothers me. And it's an entryway. See, in our culture, so many people are so abused by the woke media that they do believe every priest is a child molester. And every conservative Christian dad secretly desires to have sex with his daughter's friends or is secretly closeted gay and chasing after the neighbor boy while he mows the lawn. Or is stealing. Or... That's what they've been taught that the entryway for a lot of people to even begin exploring the reality of God is through music. And sometimes that music has a subtle message. There is a song that for me, and I'll tell you about it in the personal note, was a big knock on the door from God. God speaks to us through prayer, through the Bible, through the church, and through circumstances. So I'm a little bit biased in favor of this song, Haven't Seen It Yet, by Danny Gokey. I'm a little biased because of my personal experience with it. I also believe that it is a beautiful structuring of a story. I believe it's a beautiful layered harmonies. I believe it's catchy, but it's not cloying. I believe the singing is clear and beautiful, and I believe it's manly in a compassionate and manly way. I think it's a great mix. And I'll tell you about my personal connection to it after we play the song. Or part of the song, as it writes, apply. Have you been praying? And you still have no answer. Have you been pouring out your heart for so many years? Have you been hoping that things would have changed by now? Like the price, sunrise, waiting on the 
performances are up ahead. And don't forget what he's done before. Don't forget what he's done before. And he's speaking there about God Almighty. And on a personal note, in the end stages of, well, what turned out to be the end stages of being on this journey in adolescent and family mental health and in and, and such long time away from her daughter. So and it was far more painful for her than for us. It was plenty painful for us, but man, it was really hard. There was this issue and it, we thought it was gone and it just came roaring back. And one day perhaps she'll tell the whole story because it's hers to tell. And my sanity at the time, sadly, was reading the Bible alone or talking with my wife. I, I, I didn't feel worthy to be in a church environment, which is a huge mistake. First place you should have gone was into the church. But I was afraid. And it was reading the book of Job that turned things for me. But on this particular day, my other bit of sanctuary was going to hurt myself in the gym. And when I say hurt myself, I, I mean really hurt myself. I mean, I wasn't trying to get injured, but I was trying to hurt. Now that has all sorts of great consequences physically. Sometimes it was great mentally. But I'm talking about doing things like putting on 110 pounds and then running in the snow on Alki for six miles. And then doing push-ups and then going to the gym, taking a quick shower to warm up and doing a weight workout. I was just, I wanted the pain. I wanted it so bad. And in that pain, I would listen to music. And the music helped me through the pain. And for just a little while, it was just me and the physical pain and the music. And that was it. And this, the cold weather and the snow falling on me, that helped. And, and the fact that maybe the weights were too heavy and my form wasn't great, I think that helped too. Because it was me, the music, and the darkness. And this day started with a phone call from our daughter and that issue was raging. And we thought it had been gone. And we'd been praying. Then, the phone call wrapped up. We expressed our love. I went to the gym, my other sanctuary. I got to the gym. I couldn't find my stinking music player. It was me, the darkness, and the music. And they had some BG stuff. I'm not kidding, because they had like a 70s dance thing in this global gym, which is actually a really nice gym. I shouldn't make fun of it. I couldn't find my stinking music player. I always kept it in the same spot. And I went through searching for this thing and just finally realized, I'm not going to find this stinking thing. I'm going to have to work out without my music player. No, I didn't have music on my iPhone at the time. I still regret ever doing that because my phone rings when I'm working out. Went into the gym. Started trying to get warmed up. Got into a bit of a workout. And then I realized, I think I know where my music player is. I went out to the car and I opened up the car, sweating. And... My radio came on. 
And as I'm searching around, I think that's it. That's right. This stuff always drops out of my bag after a swim day because I put it in a different bag because I don't want it to get wet. It's in my plastic bag because it was a swim day. I pulled out. There's my player. And there's Danny Goki. You just haven't seen it yet. And I went back into the gym. And man, I was banging it out. And then I saw that my phone was ringing. I knew it was from my daughter. I stopped. Hey, can we talk? And sitting with my back against the wall, sweating, doing the very thing you don't do, just going to a static stop, at the edge of the basketball floor, I sat there and communicated with my daughter. And she told me things from her heart she had never told me. And I responded in ways that only could be inspired by God and the training. And that day started her journey home. That day. I just hadn't seen it. So that song means a lot to me. Don't forget the things he's done before. For nations like ours, for people like us, for people like you. Maybe you just haven't seen it yet. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please share it with friends. It's the only way we grow. Now, go be well, be strong, be kind, and please be right with God.